Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're continuing our walk through the book of Luke, and we've come now to Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 36, and we're continuing Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. I want to tell you a little joke that I think helps to set the scene for what we're going to talk about today. A man went to see a Christian counselor one day and told him, I want to divorce my wife. I just don't love her anymore. Counselor replies, well, sir, the Bible says husbands love your wives, so you don't have a choice. The man says, hey, man, you don't get it, okay? I cannot stand to be around this woman. I don't even want to go home. The counselor replies, well, try trial separation. Move in next door and um, see how that goes because then she'll be your neighbor and the Bible says, love your neighbor. He said, man, I, I don't love her. Don't you get it? I can't even stand the sight of her. I despise her. And the counselor says, hmm, so you're saying she's your enemy? He said, yes, exactly. And the counselor says, well, here's the thing about that. The Bible says, love your enemy as well. Love your wife, love your neighbor, love your enemy. The man stormed out of the room and got a different counselor. But the point is this. We are to love our enemies. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage. And certainly I hope your wife is not your enemy, and she's not. But we are to love our enemies. As believers, in fact, we are commanded by the Lord to love those who loathe us. Now, you know what loathe means. It means to hate. So we're to love those who hate us. And believe me, if you follow the Lord, you will have plenty of enemies. For Jesus made enemies everywhere he went. In summation of the entire story, we may say it in this way. We are most like the Lord when we love those who loathe us. And so we find in Luke 6, 27-36, a lesson from the Lord on loving those who loathe us. You. Let's read our text, Luke 6, 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to him... Uh, excuse me, give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who lo love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father is merciful." I want to preach to you on this subject from the text today. Loving those who loathe you, a lesson from the Lord. Now, our Lord's lesson is broken into three sections. In verse 27, we see the exhortation to love those who loathe you. In verses 28 through 34, we see the explanation 
of loving those who loathe you. And then verse 35 through 36, we find the expectation of loving those who loathe you. Let's begin with the first one, the exhortation to love those who loathe you, verse 27. Our text begins with an exhortation to love our enemies, those who loathe us, as I have titled it. Jesus states, but I say to you here, love your enemies. Let's pause right there for a moment and consider the gravity of that term, enemy, ekthos in the Greek. It literally means hated, hateful, odious and is used in Scripture to describe the relationship between the devil himself and God. These are not those who you may not get along with or you don't have the same hobbies. These are those that you that absolutely despise your guts. And Jesus says, love them. This is not simply loving those who may be opposite towards you in some way. This is your enemy, those who hate you and only seek your destruction and detriment. This is the relationship between two soldiers on the field of battle trying to kill each other. Hate, enemy, hateful. Jesus says, love them. It is also interesting to note that this is the same word used by the Apostle Paul in Romans to describe our disposition towards God before we were saved. You say, well, I never hated God. Ladies and gentlemen, to that I say, you are, are you calling him a liar? You may have never not walked around this emotional feeling of hatred towards him consciously, but you hated him by your actions, the Bible teaches us. We were enemies of God. And the word translated love here in this phrase out of Jesus' lips is agapo. This is not filio that is love we have towards family that is inherently within us. This is not eros, love we have towards a spouse that we did not have till we met them because we didn't know them. No, this is agapo, which means the love God demonstrated towards us. It means to constantly seek the utmost good of the other person unconditionally. This is the love that God has towards his elect. And Jesus says, in this way, love your enemies. So the idea here, and this will flesh itself out as we move along, is action. It's not how you feel towards your enemy, but how you act towards them. Again, this is not to say that it's okay for us to walk around with hate in our heart. I'm not saying that, neither is Jesus. But that we are actively to pursue the good of our enemies. Now, why would Jesus use this terminology? Consider again, ekthos, how we acted hatefully towards God. Yet God acted in agapo towards us in love, unconditional love. When we love those who loathe us, then we are acting like the Lord. Because that's what he did. The Bible says you are an enemy of God. And yet in that time, Christ loved you. This is rather profound when pondered properly because this is the gospel lived out. I mentioned earlier that this is the same word Paul used to describe our disposition towards God before regeneration. And it's the same word used to describe the devil's disposition towards God anyway. What does this say about our own sinful flesh? Let me read to you this passage. 
For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. That's from the book of Romans from Paul. Enemies of Christ and yet now through the crucifixion of Christ we are not just moving from enemies to friends but from enemies of God to the family of God. In this way, Jesus says, love your enemies. We have the exhortation, that's an urge, that's a command, that is a call to action. The exhortation to love those who loathe you. But secondly, my friend, notice the explanation of loving those who loathe you. Jesus is the master teacher. He not only tells us to do it, but then he goes on to explain what it looks like. Okay, so what does it look like? to love those who loathe you. I need an explanation of this exhortation. Well, that's what Jesus does. If you keep reading verse 20, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. When you are cussed out or at, you respond with kind and tempered words. When you are spitefully used in relationships, whether it be with friends or your boss at work, you pray for that person. When that person who only calls you when they need you calls, pick up the phone. When that boss at work talks to you like a dog, pray for him. Do good to those who hate you. When they spat upon Jesus at his mock trial, did he spit back? No. Now he told them the truth and they didn't like it, but he did not physically retaliate. The ante is upped as he continues his explanation. He says, if someone strikes you, turn the other cheek. If they take your cloak, give them your shirt. If they need and take, do not ask in return. All of this can be summed up in two words, humility and generosity. However, the main idea is summed up well in what we have come to call the golden rule. And I love this. Look now to verse 31. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Now consider the gravity of this statement. Sadly, many people think of Christianity in terms of what we don't do. They say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't chew, and I don't run with girls that do. Well, that's great. But our faith is far more than things we don't do. That's, that's legalism. But Jesus puts this phrase on the positive. And in that day, that was revolutionary. For we find the golden rule, quote, in other cultures, but it's always in the negative. Listen to this. The Stoics said, what you do not wish to be done to yourself, do not do to others. Philo said, what you hate to suffer, do not do to anyone else. Rabbi Hillel said, what is hateful to thee, do not to another. And so what they're basically teaching at, at, at its best is moral neutrality. Basically, just leave everybody alone. Don't hurt nobody. But Jesus said, no, that's not far enough. He flips it and says, do unto others as you would have them do to you, which is a lot different than don't do what you don't want done to you because that means you just sit there and don't mess with nobody. But do means you go on the positive, you go on the action, and you seek out the good of others. And, and if you can't see the difference between those two statements, though it's slight, it's really massive. 
And so people say, well, Jesus was just copying the golden rule of his day. No, he wasn't, friend. He was turning it on its head in a revolutionary way. Because Jesus didn't teach moral neutrality. Jesus taught positive action that was righteous in nature and holy before God. He didn't just say, hey, don't do bad stuff. That's easy. Anybody can say that. He said, go another step and do good stuff. And I can't believe, as simple as that is, that we really miss that, especially when it comes to loving those who loathe us. Now, this begs a question, a logical question. Well, if I want to do to others what I want them to do to me, what do I want others to do to me? Well, do you want people to pray for you? Pray for them. Do you want people to be understanding for you? Be understanding for others. Do you want people to say nice things to you? Say nice things to others. Do you want people to give to you when you're in need? Then you give to those who are in need. Let me, let me get as kindergarten as I can. Do you like it when somebody holds the door for you and says good morning? Well, why don't you hold the door for the next person and say good morning? It can be that simple, but it can be as complex as giving to those in need. The point is, what you do want done to you, do to others. Man, that's marvelous. So we see that really explains well how to love those who loathe us. Finally, and I, hey, this is human. What's in it for me, preacher? I mean, we got the exhortation. To love those who loathe you. He told us to do it. Then we got the explanation of loving those who loathe you. He told us what that would look like. But then finally, we come to the expectation of loving those who loathe you. Well, preacher, if I do that, what am I going to get out of it? Man, that's just human. That's a human question. Well, Luke tells us. Look at verse 35. Love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and... Your reward will be great. There's number one. Number two, and you will be the sons of the Most High. Well, what's the Most High like? Well, he's kind to the unthankful and evil, and you should be merciful because your Father is merciful. So we find a twofold expectation. Number one, we have the expectation of remuneration. What do I mean by that? Well, he says your reward will be great. You will be remunerated. You will be rewarded. You will be paid, if you will, not in the dollars and cents of this world, but in the treasures and glory and crown of heaven that cannot be destroyed, that cannot be lost in a bad investment, that cannot be stolen by a bank robber. But as Jesus said on another occasion, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so we see the expectation, well, what will I get out of it? Well, he said, your reward will be great. We have the expectation of remuneration. Then secondly, he said, you will be the sons of the Most High. In other words, you will become like the Most High. And, then, and I know that's what he's saying because after he says you will be the sons, he then goes on to describe what the Most High is like. And sons carry the attributes of their fathers. It's not hard to understand this. In context, what he's saying is part of your reward is through loving those who loathe you, you will be made more like Jesus. That's called sanctification. 
So I go all the way back to my previous statement, don't I? We are most like the Lord when we love those who loathe us. The expectation of sanctification. Jesus loved his enemies. Jesus is merciful. Jesus is kind to the unthankful. You say, I don't believe he was. Oh, you ever heard of the ten lepers? Where are the nine? I believe it was Homer Lindsay that preached that famous sermon of yesteryear. Nine of them didn't come back, but he was still kind. He was still kind to the unthankful. And so God will use that when you love those who love. Because let's be honest, that is difficult. Dare I say almost impossible. No, wait. It is impossible apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. And yet that's what Jesus calls us to do. Is to love those who loathe us. Now, isn't that something? Most difficult commandment, at least for most people, me included, I'm most people. Love your enemies. This lesson from the Lord was seen in three sections. The exhortation to love those who loathe you. The explanation of loving those who loathe you. Where Jesus gave us multiple examples. And then finally, the expectation of loving those who loathe you. What do we get out of it? Well, we have remuneration and sanctification. We'll be rewarded in heaven and we will look more and more like Christ as he was the ultimate example of loving those who loathed him. I say again, if you want to be like the Lord and if you're saved, you certainly will have that desire. Then love those who loathe you in this way you are most like the Lord. I'm going to do something I don't always do on the podcast format of these sermons, but let's pray. Almighty God, you built the congregation upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the head cornerstone. Grant us to be joined together in unity of spirit by their doctrine that we may be made a holy temple acceptable to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you. Keep studying the book of Luke.